Hey, excited to get to spend this time in God's word with you and in the 40 days, uh, you know, spiritual growth campaign. I, I think one of the coolest things is, is literally having the opportunity uh, to uh, every day uh, be using, uh, you know, this prayer journal, right? And uh, we do our small group material through here and all, but for every day that I'm going through this, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm praying alongside you right? We're, we're learning the same things. We're reading the same scriptures. Uh, and, and literally, uh, you know, we're being challenged and asked the same questions. And, and to me, that is so cool uh, that as uh, a family of believers, uh, that we're, we're going through this together, literally side by side, day by day. And, uh, and it's just been uh, absolutely awesome. Now, uh, today, uh, we're going to talk about this idea in week three. We're in the middle of this, and we're going to talk about the idea of keep on keeping on, all right? Because, because what I want you to understand is, as for some of you, you're, you're, you're beginning this journey of prayer. Maybe you're, you're using this journal to begin uh, journaling your prayers or, or whatever it might be. And so you're in, you're in those early stages and so now all of a sudden, like the newness is beginning to wear off, right? Or maybe you're getting lazy or you've fallen back behind a couple days. And, and this is the time when Satan loves to just say, hey, just give up. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. And I want to tell you that you need to just keep on keep it on, all right? Stay focused, and it's so critical, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, I read this incredible quote uh, just this past week, and it says this, that the great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer, right? Now, I want to say that again, that the greatest tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer prayer. It, it's, it's that idea that you just gave up, right? You just said, I'm not seeing results. And so I'm just going to stop. And that, my friend, is a tragedy because God loves you and he wants to communicate with you. And, and, and so often we're so quick to communicate with our friends and, and other people, but we're so slow to talk to God, the creator of this world and the savior of, of, of my life. And, and I hope and pray yours too. And so, so just understanding this, that somehow or another, instead of using prayer as something that we do every day, and even as the Bible says, pray without ceasing, like just pray constantly, right? Uh, it's, it's this idea that, that somehow or another, prayer is like that, that, you know, over on the wall, there's that glass box on the wall. And it says, it says uh, break in case of emergency. And then what's behind it? This is what's behind that piece of glass that you've just cracked open. And what does this represent? This literally represents the ability to put out a small fire. And instead of utilizing prayer on a daily basis, what we do is so often we wait till there's tragedy that's taken place and then all of a sudden, we go break the case open and we start trying to use God and our relationship with him to put the flames out. When he says, I would love for you to come to me, right? Come to me every day, come to me throughout the day and let's talk. 
Let me hear your voice. I created your voice. I wanna hear your voice, Kevin. Kevin, I know it's your voice that I haven't heard for a few days. So we don't have to save prayer for these emergency situations. We need to recognize that God loves us and he loves everything about us, including our voice and our hearts and our needs. Prayer is like that unexplored continent that has just incredibly rad treasures hidden, but it's waiting to be unearthed. It's waiting to be dug up. And prayer is that picture of just this, this, this barren land that, that, that looks like nothing's there until you actually step foot on it and begin to put work in and you begin to unearth these incredible treasures. Well, that's what prayer is. Prayer is something that matters and it matters every day of our lives. And, and I want you to keep on, keep it on. I think the Apostle Paul, he had found, out, found some of those treasures in prayer when he, when he talks about in Colossians chapter four. And he says this, he says, to devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. That's what he says, right? Devote yourself to prayer. We're gonna talk more about this alert mind and this thankful heart. And then he goes on, he says this. He says, hey, pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about the mysterious plan concerning Christ. He says, that's why I'm here in chains. Do you realize when he's writing this, he's in prison. And what I found so intriguing today, as I was just going over this and over this, over and over, was that it just finally jumped out at me that he wasn't saying, hey, pray for us so that they'll let us out so that we can go share the gospel. Pray for us so that they'll, they'll lessen the penalty. Hey, pray for us so that they don't beat us again. What he's saying is, hey, pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. Can I tell you that you are where you're at and you are there so that you can be praying and sharing the message of Jesus Christ right where you're at. In the midst of heartbreak, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of more questions than answers. And the, and the prayer doesn't always have to be, God, get me out of this. Why can't the prayer be, God, use me in this? And I gotta be honest with you, like that just melted my heart today as God just spoke these things into me and thinking that these precarious situations that we find ourselves in, we've got tragedy all over our mountains locally here with fires and destruction. And these fires aren't out, though you don't necessarily hear about it every day. You've got this pandemic taking place that we're so confused about because information is confusing, right? From, from all these different sides and angles and, and all these sorts of things. We've got racial tensions in our culture that, that, are, that are literally unprecedented and, and yet Jesus is the answer in the middle of all of it. And when these tragedies happen and people come together, they always say things like, it's just amazing 
how people come together so good and work so good together. Why does it take tragedy? And I'm gonna tell you today, it doesn't. If we would take our daily time to pray and ask God to reveal those conversations, not confrontations, but conversations. God, today, while I have to sit at DMV, I don't wanna be on my phone the whole time, you know, complaining about how slow DMV is. God, today's a day that I gotta go to DMV. And God, if it takes a long time, God, can you just use me to have conversation with somebody to share the wonderful things about you? Do you see the difference? Do you even see the difference of what that does? I feel it by speaking it. I feel the difference in my heart. And I'm making up a hypothetical situation right now. And it's so powerful to know that we can speak things into existence that way. You don't think God wants to utilize the time that he's given you on earth to bring him glory, to, to bring more people to him? And that's exactly it. He says, pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. And then he says, live wisely amongst those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity right? Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Now, I'm going to be honest, we're talking about prayer and we're talking about keeping on, keeping on. But when I read that passage, I can't not think about so much of the negative conversations that are taking place these days. So much of this takes place even, even in the, the, the areas of social media, right? Where, where this isn't, we're not living wisely amongst believers, right? And if that's you, change, right? Repent, confess your sins, and change your ways, right? That, that's just what we're talking about. Now, I want to focus for the next few minutes on, on how we can keep on keeping on, what it looks like uh, to, to keep on keeping on when it comes to prayer. And the first thing I want you to write down uh, on your outline is this, is that we need to pray with persistence. We need to pray with persistence. It's this idea of, of continuing on a course or an action in spite of the opposition, right? Uh, it's, it's the idea that we're gonna continue moving forward. We're gonna pray with persistence. We're gonna keep on, keep it on. Luke 18 says this, one of these, I'm gonna share two quick parables uh, with you. I, I'll leave them for you to go back and read through, but I, but I just wanna kind of highlight this where Jesus is telling these parables and it says, one day Jesus told his disciples in Luke chapter 18, a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. What's that sound like? Keep on keeping on. Stay focused on prayer. Stay focused on your conversations with Jesus, right? He says, always pray and never give up. Somebody listening today needs to hear those words, right? Always pray and never give up. And then in Luke uh, chapter 11, he says this in another parable. He says, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and, and the door will be open to you. So what is he really saying here, right? It is to keep on 
Keep it on. <laughs> Keep on asking. Keep on seeking, right? Keep on knocking. Why? Because we've got to be able to keep on keeping on. Stay focused on what, what is uh, you know, important, right? And be persistent in our pursuit of God's answer. And if you're gonna be persistent, then it most likely means that you're also pretty passionate. I'm gonna be honest. So, so number two, you can write it down, is that we wanna pray with passion. All right, we wanna pray with passion. And passion is something that, when I, when I read this scripture, I think about this. Luke chapter six and verse 12, it said this, that one day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. He went up on this mountain. He's gonna, he's gonna uh, call his disciples, right? And it says that he went up on a mountain to pray and he prayed to God all night. He prayed to God all night. Now I'm gonna tell you something right now. Uh, you know, this is something I've shared very, very few times, but, but my wife and I, we were newly married and we were trying to be a good godly couple and, uh, and we were sitting together on the couch. It was late, late in the evening and we said we need to pray together and uh, this is back in uh, 1992 and, and um, we're both 20 years old, just recently married and probably in the first three months of being married and, and so we're both tired and all, and, and so we began to hold hands and we began to pray together. And all of a sudden, uh, I was startled because of something that I began to say. But as I was praying, I began to mumble and, and asking God to bless the pigs. <laughs> the pigs, right? And, 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 you know, Chrissy opened her eyes and I opened my eyes and she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, you fell asleep, didn't you? And I'm like, I didn't fall asleep, I promise. But I, but I did. Like I nodded off praying, right? And, and, and I'd somehow or another, I think I was praying for the pigs, the swine that ran off the cliff, right? In the scriptures, right? And so, so listen, Kev can't hardly seem to pray for very long at one time. Jesus is so persistent and passionate, right? Because of these huge decisions coming up that he went away and he prayed to God all night, right? And then it says in Matthew 26, uh, chapter 26, verse 39, in the garden of Gethsemane, right? This is before betrayal. This is, this is before his crucifixion. And it says he went, uh, went on a little farther and he bowed with his face to the ground praying. And he said this, he said, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Right, what's he saying? He was saying, God, if there's any way possible that I don't have to die on this cross, God, make that way possible. And then he pauses and says, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Some translations will say, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Nevertheless. And so listen, when Jesus was perplexed, he prayed. When he was hard pressed, he prayed. When he was lonely, he prayed. When he was tempted, he prayed. When he was criticized, he prayed. When he was tired, he prayed. 
And somehow or another, we translate that into our lives. And when I'm perplexed, I'm perplexed and I don't know what to pray. And, and when I'm hard pressed, I just feel all empty. And so I don't pray. And when I'm lonely, I'm lonely. And I, and I just complain about being lonely. And when I'm tempted, I just give into temptation and say, you know, I, you know, if you don't want me to get into it, then you wouldn't tempt me, you know? And, and, and when I'm criticized and, and when I'm tired, somehow or another, we translate those things to, oh, I don't know what to do. But Jesus shows us that in all these things, prayer matters. And in James chapter five and verse 16, he said this. He said, not only, he said, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed, right? That's a beautiful thing. This is why we, we care about small groups. This is why we, we want everybody that, that, that is a part of North Point Church to be in a small group because this is an important part of life too because this is where accountability comes. This is where part of our spiritual growth comes from is, is being able to confess our sins to one another and pray for each other. But listen, goes on and says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Listen to that. A person who is right with God has great power and produces wonderful results. And so we wanna to continue to be persistent and to be passionate in our prayers. And number three, you can write this down, is that we wanna be thankful. We wanna pray with thankfulness. We wanna pray with thankfulness. This literally happens when we, when we don't view prayer as the break in case of emergency, right? When, when, we, when we are just thankful to God, when we go to God and, and, and pray and, and, and it's not a need, it's just spending time telling God what you're thankful for. Have you ever just sat down and, with a pen and pencil maybe, a pen or pencil on a pad of paper and, and just begin to write down everything that you're thankful for? I did that one, one time uh, sitting up, uh, we, we, as a high school pastor, we do this houseboat summer camp with high school students. And, and I remember on our three-hour solo time one day, I was just sitting in a chair out in this, this park up in Stockton, right next to the Delta. And I began to write down that I was grateful for trees that produce shade. And I was grateful for cars that transport us places. I'm grateful for the blue sky and the sun and the warmth. Grateful for the water that we can, we can not only use for farming needs, but we can do recreation in and have fun. Thankful for the ministry there that we do with Sunshine Ministries. Thankful for these hundreds of students that are laying here struggling, maybe even to stay awake and say their prayers and read their Bibles for three hours. Thankful for leaders in my life that in 1987, I had a friend who brought me to this very camp and I just went on and on and on. I think I thanked God for the asphalt. I think I thanked him for the grass. I struggled to thank him for the ants that began crawling on me, all right? But I said, I know you have a purpose. I'm just unaware of it. But can I just tell you, when we take time to talk to God, to just tell him what we're thankful for, it is an amazing game changer in our heart. Ephesians chapter five says this in verse 20. It says, and give thanks for everything to God, the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when it says, give thanks for everything, 
I don't think it's difficult that, that, you know, we don't have a difficult time figuring out what that means, right? Give thanks for everything. What, what does that leave out? So does that mean I have to give thanks for even being in, in the struggle that I'm currently in? Well, it did for Paul because he's a, he said, that's exactly why I'm in chains, for preaching the gospel and I'm gonna continue to preach the gospel. So thank the Lord that, that I have that ability, man. Show me your ways, right? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, very simple. Be thankful in all circumstances. And I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm gonna say, I understand. These are the pieces that throw us for a loop. But listen, when you spend time praying on a regular basis, when prayer is a part of your life and it becomes a more significant part of your life, listen, you begin to understand, pray, and be thankful in all circumstances. But the problem is, is you may be new to praying and, and, and so right now you're trying to swallow, be thankful in all circumstances and, and, and you're kind of choking on that, if you will, right? Listen, there's a growth process that happens in our life when it comes to prayer, just like everything else that we do. To recognize that at some point, I may be able to be thankful in all circumstances. God doesn't want us to, 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 to be ashamed. He wants us to boldly come to him and confess our sins. The scriptures tell us that he's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That means everything that's not right in God's eyes. He doesn't want us to shy away in shame. He wants us to recognize the wrong, right? And come to him and confess and repent, right? And then we seek reconciliation with the wrongs that we've done to others. And so again, this is a process, you're not just gonna, from the very minute you start, you're not gonna understand how to be thankful in all circumstances. That's just like taking on too much right from the get-go. But listen, keep on keeping on and, and, and you're gonna get there, right? And it says in Colossians chapter three, and whatever you do or say, check this out, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And whatever you do and say, can I just tell you that, that Kevin Manning on his own doesn't have the ability to even stand here and communicate to you? I don't have that ability on my own. But I thank God for using my life to be able to do that. Right? That's a very fulfilling thing in my life. Now, understand something. Like, this, isn't, this wasn't like Kev going, hey, I'm gonna, I wanna sign up because that's what I really wanna do. It was actually a lot of, God, there's no way that's what you want me to do because there's no way I can do that. But what did, what did the process of growth, what needed to take place? Humility, surrender, growth in his, in his word, growth in, in the area of prayer. And God begins to use your life in unique and special ways. And, and that's the idea. I'm not saying you're gonna become a pastor. I'm saying in everything, right, you're gonna give thanks. That's the beauty. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative 
of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father, all right? Now, I wanna tell you something. When you express gratitude, when you express thanks, there's just, it does several things, all right? And I just wanna kind of point these out to you real quick. The first thing that the expressing gratitude does is that it articulates dependence, You can write that down. It articulates dependence. And what I mean by that is it literally shows that we are depending on God. When we give thanks to God for everything, it shows that we are depending on God. It articulates that in our life. Another thing it does is that it demonstrates the relationship that we have with Jesus, all right? And what I mean is that it literally explains our relationship with God. Like when we express thanksgiving and and gratitude, that's exactly what it's doing. It's explaining that we have this relationship with God. And I give him thanks in everything that I do and even say, right? Another area that it says is that it communicates gratitude, right? It communicates gratitude. So listen, when, when, when we are expressing gratitude, what is it doing? It's communicating, it's sharing what we're grateful for. It's one thing to say, man, I'm grateful for everything. But it's another thing that as we, as we uh, go in and, and communicate what we, 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 we can, uh, I'm tongue-tied, we become uh, uh, specific so that we can share and that others can see and celebrate with us how great God is. And then the last one there you'll write down is that it generates humility. It generates humility. It produces a sense of being humble. When we spend time thanking God for not only who he is, just on his own, his credibility is, 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 is incredible. His faithfulness can't be matched. We spend time just in that. And then, then we move into just the things we're thankful for that, that he's actually done in our life. It's just amazing when you take time to actually do that. Now, I want to wrap up today by just kind of giving you some, some I don't know, I guess some motivation. Five things that happen when we pray. And, and, and again, we're talking about keeping on, keeping on, you know, keep on, keeping on. Let's do this. Let's do this together, right? And, and the first one is this, is that uh, when we pray, prayer internalizes the burden that we have. It internalizes that burden. It, it deepens our ownership of that concern that we're praying for. When I'm praying this week, I'm praying for a specific individual in, in my small group, right? And I'm trying to spend time at least in the morning praying specifically for these areas of breakthrough and in the afternoon, right? Uh, because we care, because I care about this person. And this is the area that they're praying for breakthrough in right? And so all of a sudden, it starts becoming more personal to me. Now that, that's a motivator. Like all of a sudden, man, somebody else's need, it's my, it's my need. Why? Because we're family, right? And I care about this person, so I'm going to be praying specifically. And then when I do that, I, I, I more internalize that burden. The second thing is that, it, that it prayer forces us to wait, 
<laughs> and, and I don't know, I don't know uh, if you know this about me or not, but weight isn't like a, um, like, it's not an easy thing. Like when I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. All right. And there are times like, you know, even, even coming to church sometimes it's like, Hey, if the rest of my family's not ready, I'm just in the car. I'll, I'll drive to church. We just live up the street. Right? I'll drive to church. Sometimes we have four cars here at the church, man. And it takes us three minutes to get here. But, but if I'm not 15 minutes early, I'm late. All right? So I have a problem waiting. But prayer forces us to wait. Right? And, and that's okay. That's okay that we're waiting. That doesn't mean... That doesn't mean like when you ask your parent, you know, hey, can I go spend the night at a friend's house, you know, kind of thing, and then you're waiting for their response. You know it's coming in a matter of seconds. But with God, it may not be a matter of seconds, although to him it is. But to us, it's an eternity. But what he wants you to do is continue to be persistent and passionate. We've already talked about that, right? As we're waiting in anticipation for that prayer to be answered, right? And it might even be that unanswered prayer is the answer. So it forces us to wait. The third thing, that prayer opens our spiritual eyes. Prayer opens our spiritual eyes to see things that that ordinarily we wouldn't see on our own, right? Because God says, I can do greater than you can ever think or imagine. And so in 2 Kings chapter 6, when Elijah uh, and the army of Israel were surrounded by the enemy and they looked around and all they saw was the enemy surrounding them, they went and prayed, right? They went and prayed. And when they opened their eyes and they looked around, they saw the enemy that had surrounded them were surrounded (laughs) by, by horses and chariots of fire. Man, their prayer had been answered. Now check this out. There are times that, that, it, that when we're praying, we don't know what we're praying for. We don't know the answer we're asking, but we're saying, God, protect me. Well, that might mean you not going somewhere. And then we're upset that we didn't get to go somewhere but we don't view it as maybe that's the reason that that was the answer to prayer that God's saying, hey, don't, because I'm protecting you. You see, we've got to be thankful for how God responds and answers our prayers. Number four is that prayer aligns our heart with God's heart. God begins to to speak things into us that we, we, we wouldn't come up with on our own. Compassion willingness to help others. are These are not traits that I have naturally in me. But the more that, that we pray, our hearts line up with God's. What are, we really, what are we really saying? Is that God's heart comes into our heart. As he has already taken residence up here in salvation, we're just giving him more room. More room to use our lives. And, and number five, you can write it down, is that prayer enables us to move forward. And, and, and a minute ago, I said it, said it forces us to wait. Now, now, Kev, you're saying it enables us to move forward. What in the world do you mean? Well, listen, once we pray, we're ready to do anything. 
Once, we're, once we pray, man, we're ready to do anything. Until we pray, we can't do anything. But once we pray, we're ready to do anything. Doesn't mean we have that answer quite yet, but it means we're ready to do anything. Here I am, Lord, send me. So listen, I want you to stay focused on prayer. I don't want you to listen for a minute to Satan as he's trying to say things to you and get you to stumble and get you frustrated because you skipped that day or, or whatever it was. You can take time right now just to bow your head and close your eyes. You don't even have to bow your head. You can close your eyes and look up to the heavens. You can get on your knees and put your forehead on the ground. Whatever. But listen, communicate with God. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit takes what our heart is trying to say. This is so incredible. And communicates it through the blood of Jesus to a perfect God in heaven. Because his, his blood that was shed cleanses our sins. So, so his Holy Spirit takes what we're trying to say and communicates it to a perfect God in heaven. Now, let me tell you, you have all the reason to be willing to pray. Let's keep on keeping on. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, for your love, for the riches that you've blessed us with in all things, Lord Jesus. I pray that you will help us to recognize this great need in our life, but not just the need, but the blessing that this is in our life. To know you, Lord, to know you more intimately, that you would use our crazy and broken lives to share the good news even with chains on to share the good news with people because it's your good news that brings freedom to all. What this world needs is your freedom. And God, you have us here living in this time. Help us to be warriors. Help us to be focused on you and use our lives to share your message with others. In Jesus' name, amen.